Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Church Planner Podcast isn't the podcast that planners deserve, but the podcast they need. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And we promise we'll be better than last week's Doctrinal Statement Podcast. Oh, it was, you know what, and, and we were we were just off, man. Like, hey, hey, all week I was like, I have to apologize to our audience, both for Smack Talk and for the actual body of, of the podcast. There are just times where we're terrible, man. See, that's what happens when we get a three-star review. It's demotivating, and <laughs> we pretty much don't care anymore. See what you made us do. We, we pretty much just go, you know what, you, you church planners, we're tired of being hurt and stepped on. <laughs> so see if we deliver for you the goods. Why doesn't anybody love anybody anymore? <laughs> Which, you know, I got to share this with you, man. I uh, just downloaded our list of podcasts all like, I don't know, I think this is like 195 or 196. I mean, we're getting up there. And uh, rank them according to most popular. Nice. So I want to tell you the top five. Oh, okay. I, 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 can't, I can't wait. And uh, I cannot even guess. Let's start here with number five. Is that number five? Yeah, that's number five. Number five is, uh, get this, mm. it's Church Planter episode number three. What? The one about the five roles in Ephesians. Wow. Can you believe it? That's number five. Hey, I should write a book on that. <laughs> what would be the name of that book if you were to write it? Church Zero. Cha-ching. I've and if missed I, if the I... cha-ching. I've missed it. Ah, uh, and if I wrote a second one, <laughs> I would call it. And this is not a, a chiching yet. This is this is a twinkle in your dad's eye. 
this is uh it's not born yet um and it's not my next book the 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 one i want to write on on how these roles work would be called how to make a fist but you know it's another talk for another time i thought you were going to give us the name of your next book uh reaching the unreached All right, number four on the list is Church Planner Podcast, episode number 98, Breaking the Typical Church Mold to Reach the Lost with Your Church Plant. That's kind of encouraging that that's uh, in the top five. Church Planter, uh, well, okay, so now we're looking at uh, the third most popular as far as downloads, and that would be Church Planter number two, the one with Peyton. (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> ah. no, no, I'm sorry. The one with Peyton's first church plant in a Starbucks. Nice. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the total the whole title on that one. It was it was probably Starbucks. It was a draw on that title. It probably was. They're like, what? I can drink coffee and plant a church. I'm in. You mean pastors can drink coffee and read books? Wow. That's what I want to do for a living. How do I sign up for that job? You mean people will pay me to do that? And then I get to walk around church like I'm the big mucky muck. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> look, I'm already offending church planners. Can you believe it? I'm just right out of the gate. No, you're offending pastors. You're making church planners happy. I am offending pastors. <laughs> Which There's I, a difference. I got, I got some funny smack talk about some pastor. Every stuff, but... time a pastor is offended... A church planner gets his wings. Did you know I was called a so-called Christian on Facebook this week? Nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because, get this, because I won't support Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you get behind me, Satan. <laughs> so did you see my reply on all of that? Did no. You, no, you no I, I, it hurts to look sometimes, Pete. Oh, the reply was just classic. I said something like... Um, you know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it because I'm going to actually look it up. My reply was just like classic uh-huh. Pete, right? Just All right. All right. Two, all two, right. Two. Number all four. Right. We, we have no, no, to no, no, stop no, we're opening these scabs on our podcast. I know we do. All right. So now we're at uh, number two. Second most popular Church Planner podcast. Church Planner podcast episode 23. The one about being bivocational. Oh, wow. That's kind of interesting. Right? It's quite enlightened. I mean, hey, if that's your lifestyle choice, Pete and I fully support it. <laughs> Just saying. Lifestyle choice. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I actually don't like number one, uh, the number one most downloaded. Or are we going Are we going in reverse? Yeah. I started oh, with number okay. five. All and right, all right. So this is the number one most downloaded podcast. You don't like it. it I know which one. I know why. Because of the one about books, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. No, that didn't even make <laughs> Like the top 100. I think that's in the second 100. Uh, no, it's actually Church Planner episode number one. The one about who we are and why you should care. So <laughs> Nobody cares. Uh, no, it's the Everybody number one. Cares. Probably oh. people are like, oh, what is this thing? I should start over at the beginning. Then they hear that one and they go, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just skip to, the, to where you they're know, currently at. This is kind of a thing. Like I was thinking, so I got uh, somebody who's enrolled in jump school contacted me this week and was like, hey, man, they sent me a picture. They're like, I'm encountering some really heavy occultic stuff now. Ooh, really? Um, yeah. And they're like, hey, can you help me with this? And I'm thinking, gosh, we on our old pod, like, I mean, we're almost to episode 200. Do you know what episode this is today? Like I said earlier, when you weren't paying attention, obviously, 
I think we're at like 195 or 196. Wow, dude. So like get ready for the gala. But but here's the deal is, you know, when you do that many podcasts, we were talking today. I'm like, you know, our topics, the reason we did Statement of Faith, it, it is important. But I mean, that's not the first thing I'm going to run to, uh, to to broadcast on a podcast. But I've been trying to make each episode. <laughs> I burped. That, that was there was no way to avoid that. No. Uh, but I'm trying to make each episode something that's unique and not just rehashing old content. But when you go back through, I've got one on doing an exorcism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's I, marked I, explicit. One, if you want to search iTunes, it's really easy to find that one because it's one it, of like three episodes that's marked explicit. Yeah, and and not only that, I mean, there there was not at the time. I think there was only one other. Uh, podcast on the uh, the whole of iTunes even touched on that and it was a Catholic one if you remember and um, so I mean you know it's it's there's a lot of stuff in there and sometimes I'm torn because I know we got a new audience and I'm thinking uh, man and by the way if you're a new audience this is smack talk we do smack talk for about 25 minutes <laughs> then we do about 35 I, I'm being generous now come on and then <laughs> You're about to, no, no, no. But you know, uh, uh, roughly half the podcast. Is By the nice. way, that's Church Planner episode number ninety-six, the how-to guide to exorcisms. It is thirty-seven on our list. Ninety-six, huh? So yeah. like a hundred episodes ago. Yeah, pretty wow. much. Wow. So, so if you do want to scroll back, I mean, we have covered so much on our podcast. I mean, most of the other church planning podcasts. Go to us as a resource to find out what they're going to speak about. <laughs> In fact, according to Peyton, so do all the conferences. I totally made that up. All the conferences go, well, what's the Church Planner podcast doing? That's oh, what we yeah. should be focusing yeah. on. Yeah, any book you see, any book on church planning now that comes out since 2013, our podcast. They listen rehashed. to the podcast. I can't tell yeah, you how many times I hear that from Peyton. They listen to the podcast. <laughs> Hey, just uh, just to kind of share these here, because I think they're kind of interesting. Number six on our list, uh, church multiplication webinar that we did, that we uh, put the audio. So that's kind of interesting. Was that the one with Dave Ferguson? That was the one with Dave Ferguson. Yeah. Okay. Number seven is preaching and the church planter. Nice. Yeah, I know. I know, right? It was like a 10-part series, maybe even more. Number eight was church planting and the holidays. Number nine is church planting and missional communities, the real deal. And then number 10, you ready for it? Uh oh. The one about what to do when you have a transsexual changing in the bathroom. That was number one. That was the reigning champion. That was number one for the longest time. It was, yeah. Wow, how the mighty have fallen. Because now everyone's like, that's an old subject. They're just copying the news. They don't realize we preceded the news with the transsexual yeah. in the bathroom. We're about a year and a half, maybe two years ahead of the, the recent scandal on that. We dealt with that. Which, you know, if you want to be ahead of the curve, Church Planner Podcast, that's all I'm seeing. <laughs> <laughs> and and by the way, if you're new to the podcast, you're like, these guys are buttholes. Yes, we are. I don't know if I can say it on a podcast. I don't think you can. But we're totally teasing. So don't don't believe us. We we're, we're we've been compared to Beavis and Butthead, or as John MacArthur says, his unmentionable friend of podcasting, car talk of podcasting. Uh, what else? Heckle and Jekyll. I mean, we've been called a lot of things. None of them nice. 
Really, none of them nice. You know what? My favorite episode, Church Planner episode number 50, you know where it clocks in on the list? Mm. 160. <laughs> <laughs> well, the title. Tell them the title, Pete. The one about being Church Planner podcast number 50. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just doesn't have the pull, which as a marketer, you would understand. Well, but, let's see. What, you know, as you the, pointed out many times, often we're just amusing ourselves. What is the, I want to see what the least most popular podcast is. <laughs> yeah. uh, probably last week's, hopefully last week's. Oh, I don't even think I can say it. <laughs> it's got a guest on it, doesn't it? No, no, it doesn't. It's the top. It's here's the reason, guys, that this is the last <laughs> on our list. It's actually because it's really recent. I swear to you, it's not because of the topic. It's got to be because it's recent. It's Church Planner episode number 193. Oh. Women in ministry. (laughs) No way. Yes. Yes. You know, I would not be surprised if it's unpopular because people are like, "Mm." it could be, but it is. I mean, you got to figure that was just a few episodes ago. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah but but if last week beat that one out there's something foul in denmark that's all i'm saying oh man you want to know what the second least popular podcast is <laughs> no it's number 17 oh the one about your character part three. <laughs> oh, well now i'm beginning to see a pattern emerge here that explains oh, everything because 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 uh the fourth least popular podcast is the one about your character part two <laughs> and then oh no what is that that's one two three that four, was a five, good six. one too both the of them. sixth least no 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 oh no 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 i was wrong I, I thought, I thought, oh, no, no, there it is. There it is. There it is. The 10th least popular podcast. The one about your character, part one. <laughs> oh, man. That's because you guys suck. You have no character. How's that for abusing your podcast audience? <laughs> They're like, I don't care about character. Oh, by the way, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Show me how to get more money. <laughs> oh. at, at least that wasn't at the top of the list. Like how to how to get tithing increased at your did we do one on tithing? Yeah, we've done we've done a few on Moan, eh? Did we? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Number 29. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, winner of the Master <laughs> Church Flanner Library Contest. Okay. If you have never listened to that one. That's 105, guys. Listen to Church Flanner episode have 105. To listen. You've heard us refer to it if you've been listening for some time. That's where we get Travis. Uh, was it Lynn? Yeah, Travis Lynn. That was his name. Yeah, Travis Lynn, whose name is forever somewhat etched in my memory. Uh, where we 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 had his details. We hunted him down on Facebook. Okay, guys. For those of you who don't know, last year we did the Church Planner Library giveaway. We gave away thirty books uh, for church planners. And uh, we're actually getting ready to do this year's competition or competition contest for it, except we're going to give away three sets of books. So we're going to have three winners. So Tra- and Travis Lynn won. So it's a, it's a contest, right? And part of how you get uh, entries into the contest is you can share, you, you get your own private link and you can share it on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever. And when other pastors register using your link, you get an additional three entries in the contest every time someone else enters. So I don't know how many, you know, Travis got to enter through his link or what it was. I don't remember that, but he won. And so then we, we decided to do this podcast 
And we're literally chasing him down on Facebook is where we finally found him. And he's and then go from there and tell him, tell him what happened next. Well, so we found him on Facebook. Somehow we got his telephone number. Didn't we message him on Facebook? And we he, messaged we, him we, and then he gave us his phone number. Which was a big mistake because we called him repeatedly while he was deer hunting in the woods. And so he he's he, like, I tell my elders, don't call me when I'm hunting. I won't take your call. I don't care what happened to your wife. I don't care if someone died in a car wreck. I'm hunting. <laughs> but but me and Pete had the idea on the air. Like, hey, let's call him now. You know, so we it wasn't just like this was pre-planned. So you've just, got us. I had just said, you know what? Forget funny. it. We're not going to get him. And then all of a sudden, okay, here's my number. Call me. <laughs> we basically ruined his hunt. Uh, and he was gracious about it because we, you know, he won thirty church planning books. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's, you know, that he was willing. Look, he won't help you if you're an elder at his church or a deacon while he's yeah. hunting. But you throw some books in front of him, like a typical pastor, he's going to take your call. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like a three thousand. It's definitely in between two and three thousand bucks for thirty no, church. No, it wasn't because I bought him. <laughs> it was like six hundred and fifty. But thanks. Oh for yeah, I added a zero. Remember, I suck at math. That's right. Six thirty bucks, man. What kind of books are you buying? Those are hundred dollar books. Twenty dollars a piece. Well, you know, it's like church zero. Okay, thirty times it's like twenty bucks. Even do thirty times twenty. You're not coming up with three grand. You know, I suck at math. This is why you need simplifychurch.com. You were not a math pastor. I am not. And by the way, simplifychurch.com, I called them up today. It, it seems like every Friday is my like Simplify Church Day. They're like, and, oh, uh, great. It's Friday. Peyton's calling. <laughs> yeah, because we got a guy for New Breed, Jerry McCarty. He's, uh, he's an international missionary. He travels all over. So he's like a globetrotting apostolic uh, leader. And what he'll do is he'll, he'll go to all these different countries. So he runs his fundraising through New Breed. And uh, something came up today. They, they contact, they, they got their eye on the ball. They contacted me about something. And uh, I was able to just boom. Like I, I, I rest in peace, man. I sleep at night. These guys are watching the shop. You know, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're awesome. So, by the way, guys, we might as well get this taken care of right now. If you don't want to go to jail for screwing up your church's finances or get in trouble with the IRS and have them come after you, which, by the way, they don't need a court order to take away your own personal money. They can go seize it. It's totally unconstitutional, but welcome to America, boys and girls. So yeah. we would just encourage you to call up SimplifyChurch.com and uh, maybe have them help you out with all of that, that uh, stuff that pastors don't like to do. Yeah, unfortunately, the Constitution is what the Bible is to a lot of Christians. It's a nice document that we talk about, but don't really pay attention to it. <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, my gosh. It is unfortunate on both uh, both circumstances. So, anyway, yeah, those are those are our, our top podcasts. But, um, That's you, cool. You know, one thing that I will share is this. Um, I, w- I want to go back to that, that, that being called a, a so-called Christian, man. And I think it is so funny. I was called a so-called Christian because I won't support Trump. And and some people are just like, what? They are. They're like, how dare you not support Trump? How can you not support? Look, we're going to get Hillary in there. This is what I think we should have. And this, I think, would be an appropriate ticket. I think they should have a Trump-Clinton ticket. I think if they put them both on the same ticket, they would realize 
they're pretty much the same person, just with two different personalities. There's not a lot of difference between them. I'm just saying that. Just throwing that out there. Wow. You know, nice. That's 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 my own little uh my own little comments on it. Wow. Very cool. Well, you know, I I always laugh when people are like, "Hey, you know, uh, do you think it's God's judgment?" Yeah, we're stupid. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we're the ones just... that I love the best are the ones where people are like, um, "Jesus would vote for Trump." <laughs> I'm like, "Wow, man, have we really reached that point where we can say, well, Jesus would vote for Trump?" Well, here's here's the deal, man. Like like when people ask me those questions, I think, you know, A, our system's bad. And I don't want to get all you and I are always down on on the political nature of this country, but here's the deal, man. Um, there's that saying that, you know, uh you know, why why is God why is God letting this happen? Well, sometimes these things happen because you're stupid and you make bad decisions. So uh, the, the reality is we've been stupid and we've made really bad decisions as a country for a long time. God doesn't need to judge us. Our own stupidity. There's a book called Proverbs that kind of tells you you reap what you sow. I don't think God is actively punishing us with our political candidates. I believe our own actions and stupidity have led to this, like so many things in our life, right? Mm. If you put hot coals in your lap, you're going to get burned. That's what Proverbs says. This is just Proverbs acting itself out. Yeah. Here, here was my comment. So, like, it started out with my aunt, you know, saying, oh, there's, you know, look at look at who Trump's bringing on his, his you know, his staff, basically. You know, this, this is going to be good. And and there was one guy on there who I get into it politically all the time with him because he's like, he really believes in the Republican Party. Like that's that's clear. That's so obvious. And um, he's like, oh look, you got Mike Pence or whatever Trump's VP nomination nomination is, and and he quoted the Bible, and and that's what we need. You know, let's vote for number two. I mean, that's I mean, do people not realize this? The the vice president doesn't do anything like constitutionally he gets the vote in the Senate if there's a tie and that's like about it. So here, here is my comment. And I'm only sharing this for my comment right here, which I thought was just classic. So how do you respond when you got all these people calling you a so-called Christian and everything else? Cause you're like, these guys are idiots. Trump and Clinton both are idiots. So this is my response. I love seeing Christians try and defend Trump. It's always interesting to see how good people justify really bad choices I can see Satan talking to Eve with some of these arguments. It's not all bad. You get some vitamins too. <laughs> yes. So I don't know. Do I have to cut out my whole political rant? No, you don't. But uh, I do think we should move on because here's the deal. Uh, you know, as I'm looking at uh, uh, our podcast last week, I'm 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 seeing on uh, Philip Nation says that our interview with him on Hardcore was perhaps one of the finest moments in the history of podcasts. Nice. And then he put almost. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll take an almost. Yeah, I'll take an almost. He was awesome. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I can say, but he reminds me his voice of the, uh, can I say it, Pete? Yes, I think you should. His voice reminds me of the preacher, the pastor in Springfield. The uh, on the Simpsons, 
you know, we're, he, he's Tell like, come rap story. with me, brother. Tell him the rest of the story. No, I can't. You have to. But, but what I can say. You started down this path. What I can say is at the end, we were still, we, we were still talking to him, but Pete had stopped the, uh, the, recording. the recording and I made some wise crack and he goes, I should liver kick you. That was the best line ever on a podcast. It really was. Well, it wasn't on the podcast. It was. It was after the podcast. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't. Like, can you imagine? Like, that would have been the. Who did best. we have him fight? Was it Ed? Ed was Stetzer. it Ed Stetzer? Because they've written books together, and because he was together. like, he was like, yeah, I'd I'd, li- I'd liver kick Ed Stetzer. <laughs> That's where it started. And That's so right. after the podcast ended, you said some crack, and he goes, "I should liver kick you." <laughs> <laughs> Philip Nation did not see that side of him coming. Oh my gosh, it was so and I was like, I didn't record it. It stopped recording. I, I gotta so say, good. he was probably one of my favorite guests. He was super cool. He was he was honestly like I you know, because I've seen him online and he's funny, but I didn't realize till, you know, if you call it the green room where we're just hanging out for a recording, he was awesome, dude. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't ask us the same question I did, whether we're sitting in mom's basement drinking beer. (laughs) (laughs) He probably already heard the answer to that or just assumed we were. Yeah. He listens to the podcast. Welcome. You are. This week's episode of the Church Planter Podcast is brought to you by Mogiv. M-O-G-I-V. Dot com. Come give with me, brother. Slash church. Hey, Peyton, let me ask you something. Mm. Have you been wanting to get your church started with online giving? Yeah. Have you been using PayPal as a cheap and easy placeholder? Yeah. We'll stop it. A better solution is here. It's called MoGiv. Yeah. And it's spelled... Uh, M-O-G-I-V. Dot no com e. No forward e. slash church. No E. <laughs> Dude, um, true story. By the way, guys, if you want to get your church started with online giving, don't use PayPal. Use MoGIF. And we make the comment on here that uh, there, there's there's a certain person who likes to go out there and every once in a while will donate to some churches, but only if they have MoGIF. <laughs> that was brutal, dude. What? Their commercial? This week. <laughs> what? What do you mean this week? When the guy shared about the missionary and you must have gone to a site because <laughs> you, you go... That's what I was going to bring up. Someone doesn't have MoGiv, but is using PayPal. And I'm like, oh, I wrote out because I knew he just missed a donation. Oh, well, that was the thing is is someone put out there, hey, this missionary is, I think they were like in China and they're really struggling financially and, and, you know, anything you guys can give or whatever. And so I go over to the site and I'm like, oh, he's using PayPal. So, uh, well, too bad. If he had MoGiv. Something an, another outcome might have happened, but he didn't. So let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> let that be a lesson to all you missionaries. All of you, pay attention. Get the secret tither makes his way around church planning websites. <laughs> oh my gosh! So anyway, so, we should- so one other thing that I I felt we need to talk about. Oh, um, okay. I almost felt it would be wrong not to talk about it. Um, we kind of you know part of being a podcaster, like you have a public service you know that you pay to the community and uh, we want you guys to be aware that there are clowns showing up on the edges of woodland areas (laughs) (laughs) and you know be aware of the clowns be aware and beware of creepy clowns 
popping up on the edges of wooded areas in your community that are like trying to i guess entice kids into the woods who how do you know though like like i read the article well there's several articles it's it's been a phenomenon apparently it has been i think people were just dressing up like clowns walking out of the woods and disappearing back in the woods just because it's creepy as all get out i don't think they're trying to entice kids i think they're just i think it's just fun I loved the article where it was like, and the man with the machete chased the clown back in the forest. Well, that's why I had to read the article because being a marketer, when you put when you put your comment on it, you go, someone chased a clown with the machete again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I have to read this. But you know what? The, the thing is, what I wrote and what I thought would be cool is if you and I started dressing up like ninjas and jumping out of bushes. That would be cool. And just see if we can, like, make it. Uh, well, I see. I, the whole thing is that it's on the edge of a forest. It works there. I think yeah. we would have to do it, but, like, on an edge of a forest. Because here's the thing. If I were to do that, which, by the way, if you've ever seen Beverly Hills Ninja with Chris Farley, that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah I would true. be that ninja. Um, I, I would want to start a phenomenon. I would want to get people in other states to start dressing up like a ninja and like jumping out of the forest and then running back in the forest. That's well, what I Yeah, you happen. couldn't jump out of a bush like at a mall because if you jump out of a bush at a mall, you're going to get punched, right? You might get tased. You can't do it in Texas either. You might get shot. Yeah, yeah. So you got to you got to do it kind of far away and hope that there's no ninja hunters around, like seasoned ninja hunters because they will get you. Yeah, they will. So um, I know we've got to actually get started with our content here because we're already halfway through the podcast. But I am going to share one last thing. Uh, I just bought some new uh, uh, underwear. (laughs) And Pete, I told you we can't talk about that. No, I got to share this. They're Star Wars underwear. I got them on Amazon.com. No way. And they're made from like spandex material. Oh, so they're like this is getting uh, worse. Oh no! So it's like boxer briefs, and and I'm like. These are literally some of the most comfortable. Oh no! Underwear You're doing this to me, aren't I've you? Ever had? And I'm just saying, I think more people ought to think. I I, I kind of now want to start wearing spandex shorts. Well, like seriously, they are that comfortable. They're that What's good. the brand? Not not that I'd ever. I don't buy know. It, it's it's. Just a, I got it off of Amazon. I have a friend who, you know, <laughs> I got a friend. I know this guy who would like some underwear. I would imagine if I type Star Wars underwear. Um, you're actually I would looking do. it up. On I can't hear my keyboard. Here, here's the coolest part: is space scenes. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. So I, I got the one with the uh, the fluorescent orange. Uh, Dude, band. some sizes, colors are prime eligible. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, dude, the kid ones are awesome. Oh, holy cow! Are you kidding me? You have the Chewbacca ones, don't you? I didn't get the Chewbacca yet. I kind of want to test them out. I I actually, I kind of want to wash them too to see, does this material hold up? Because I've never had whatever this material is. changed my life. They have. Here's the best part about the space scene. On the butt. Oh, there's no medium. Right where the butt is, is an explosion scene. (laughs) Like it's shooting something and blowing up. I'm like, this is like the perfect pair of boxers. I would never wear pants again 
If I have that, I already am wearing sweatshorts right now. Uh, right. Did I talk about sweatshorts? You yet? did. You Dude, did. I would, you said something I would, like, you know, when you've given up on life, yeah. sweatshorts. <laughs> Dude, like this, you. I didn't think you could get any lower, and apparently you can. Because man, if I had Star Wars, this is like underoos, but they're not. They're not underoo briefs. They're like it's like spandex, boxer briefs. man. It's it's boxer briefs Dude. made out of I, what I can only assume is a spandex like material. Never you having worn totally, spandex, I'm not 100 I mean, not in a creepy way, but you would totally want to show people your underwear all the time. Well, I do want to show them to my wife all the time, but <laughs> that's a whole other thing. It's different. <laughs> I know you're going to show them to me tomorrow. When I see, you're going to be like, dude, check out my underwear. As soon as Luke sees him, he goes, well, what underwear are you wearing right now, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> dude, there uh. are Star Wars circa 1980 comics. Like oh, there's there's oh my there's great gosh, stuff on dude! There. I didn't know this even. The Force Awakens, yep, underwear. Oh yep. my gosh, yep. See, I love you. I know. I, I bought some what? boxers at Disneyland. You know, some Star Wars boxers there, and I really don't like them. So I was like, eh, I want to get something else, dude. Dude, so. you. Uh... <laughs> How's that for tuning into the Church Hunter Podcast, listener? Aren't you glad we you got know? a little bit carried away? That's all I'm saying. Okay, we are a three star podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll now accept that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we should actually get started here. Um, Doc, why don't you take it away? Oh, great! I just get a, I just got a text from Peyton. Great Scott! It's time for this week's topic. <laughs> Can you not say it on the podcast? Is that why? Mm, okay, moving along. Today's topic is... <laughs> it's great. It's a great pair of boxers. I don't feel right about it. It's not immoral. I just don't feel right about it. We, we've gone a step too far. I don't it. mind saying it. See, to me, it's not bad. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Okay, it's a pair of boxers with Scooby-Doo, and Scooby's got a little kiss no, up he- on his... On his cheek, and it says, <laughs> "Never mind, I can't say it." Okay, so, so, so Doc Brown, so it's not, on. it's not perverted. Just, it's just, it's just too far. So, uh, all right. So, hey, uh, today's topic is: <laughs> Where do you go with this? Whatever, I don't know. Whatever, oh, we've got a serious, do we really have good topic? Do we have to cut this out? No. But yes, I have to, I, then I have to at least finish it. You can't leave people in suspense like that. I have to at what least are you finish cutting it. out. I'm not cutting out anything then. Oh, oh yeah, cut it out then. No, serious. I I think so. I just I just think it's too far. All right, fine. I won't tell you. I'm sorry, guys. Peyton won't let me tell you. <laughs> you just gotta hunt for Scooby Doo underwear. That's all I'm saying. All right, here so, we go, Doc Brown. Let's let's hit us up again, Doc right. Brown. Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Okay, well, this, this this week's topic is ethnic church planting. Brought to you by, um, we've already done our commercials, but it just was the tone in which I said it. But I want to talk a little bit about ethnic church planting. Ethnic church planting is a big deal. For example, uh, North American Board, uh, North American Mission Board right now is uh, focusing on 
ethnic church planting. Over half their church plants are ethnic church plants. Um, it's a big talk right now. Like if you go to uh, surely within the last five years, the conferences have gone from being all white guys to now being a mix, right? Um, kind of a, a you know, we, we've talked about things like homogenized church planting. Um, we talked about, you know, church planning, uh, that, that being, uh, a multi-racial as a church plant does not make you multi, uh, cultural. Uh, so we just want to talk about what ethnic church planning is, um, what it should be and where it can be going wrong. Because, uh, there are, there are, there are some, some pitfalls that you run into with it. So, uh, first off, um, ethnic, you know, refers to people groups. There are people groups. Um, try to get away from using the term like, you know, uh, multiracial. Um, if, if you're a, a person, uh, a human being on the planet, there is only one race and that race is the human race. So, uh, unfortunately, some of our language, like my language tends to be sexist a lot. Like I'll say guys, because I constantly train church planner guys. But, you know, if you're but, a church you know, planner, you know right away. If you're going to be fair about that, though, when we were growing up, we used uh, the the male form of words to refer to everybody. We did, yeah. The and, masculine and I'll version. tell people, hey, it's an 80s thing. You know, it's like, hey, guys, hey, guys, you know. Um, I but, still, I'll, I'll go, because everybody I work with in business, like with my clients, are mostly women. And I go, hey, guys. I mean, it's yeah. just. I'm referring to a group it, of people. And it is fair. But the the problem is women are being very neglected in church planning. And even if, you know, even if you come out super <laughs> and, traditional. And on apparently that, no one wants to listen to the women in ministry podcast. No, no. So so even if if you're like, hey man, I'm a complimentarian, uh, the the fact is your wife is a church planner as much as you are. She's planting the church right there with you. Kind of like uh Ginger Rogers said, Hey, I did everything Fred Astaire did, but backwards and in high heels. She doesn't get a lot of the perks you get, but she's making a lot of the sacrifices. One of the sacrifices she's making is her husband, right? So, uh, she is church planting. She's giving up a lot of time, probably a lot of security and, uh, a lot of predictability in, in her life. But anyways, so, so language has to change. My, that's something my wife always busts my chops on. Like, Hey, you know, cause I'll say, Hey, you get a few guys together. Well, you know, uh, language can be a tricky thing. When we talk about ethnic church plan, we're referring to people groups and various people groups. Um, and, and there's, you know, obviously there's so many different people groups. There are people groups that you have, you haven't even heard about, like the Hmong tribe, you know, uh, heavy presence in Long Beach, but I, I didn't know what they were before I went to Long Beach. Um, we tend to think just the big ones. Like we, first off, what we do is we lump all Asian and Asians in together. We say Asian, not realizing that w- when you talk to an Asian person, they're like, Hey, man, I'm Japanese or I'm Korean or I'm this. And, and it can be really insulting to, um, call somebody something that they're not. It, it, same with like a person from New Zealand versus Australia. Often you can talk to a, uh, you know, if you call a, uh, a Kiwi in Australia, he's going to get mad. If you call a, a, a Welsh person English, they're going to get mad. And so people have their tribes and they have their identities. Well, one of the 
The concerns right now, and the reason why this is big on the radar, is it used to be in order to reach these tribes, you know, like mm -hmm. the Bible says, from every tongue, tribe, and nation, used to be that in order to reach these tribes, you had to go to them. You had to become a missionary and cross the seas. But in today's world, um, with immigration, everybody's coming to us. The world is on our doorstep. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that can be really challenging to a church planner who could be tempted to like just want people in the door, just trying to get butts and seats, which oughtn't be your focus anyways. But it, you know, the, sometimes the last thing you're thinking about when you're planning a church is, oh, people groups, you know, people of, of, of different ethnicities in my city. And if you're white, you tend to just reach white people and you tend to only think like white people think. And therefore you tend to just reach your own. I want to read to you, uh, a passage where Paul, uh, and, and what I love about Paul is as you uh, trace Paul's ministry, you see him growing. In other words, Paul doesn't just stay the same kind of church planner. The reason he could say he was a wise and master builder is he was always improving. He always maintained the posture of a learner. So as I'm speaking about this, I'm speaking as like white middle class white guy. Now I, I get angry. Don't get me wrong here. I get angry when people treat that like that's a crime because that's another form of ethnocentrism or racism. And I won't I won't put up with it. So if you can tell me, like, try to make me feel bad for being white middle class. That's not cool. Um, do I have privilege in society? Yes, very much so. And I'm aware of that. And so but but what I what I don't what I don't allow is for any racial tension coming from either side, because the gospel has an answer for that, no matter who it's coming from. So anyways, uh, Paul in Acts chapter 12, verse four, he says, <clears throat> it says, uh, sorry, did I say Acts chapter 12, verse four? I mean, I Acts chapter 20, verse four. It's, and, and we'll back up. It says uh, about Paul in verse one, after the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples and after encouraging them, he said, farewell and departed from Macedonia. When he had gone through those regions and had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. There he spent three months, and when a plot was made against him by the Jews as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. So Potter the Berean, son of Pyrrhus, accompanied him, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secondus, and Gaius of Derby and Timothy, and the Asians, Tychicus and Trophimus. So here he's got Bereans, he's got Thessalonians, and he's got um, uh, Asians. So he, he's got these, these different groups. And then it says, these went ahead and were waiting for us at Troas. Did, um, didn't you just say that not all Asians are the same? I did. And and so for them, they had, you know, the region was called Asia. And what's really interesting is that Paul strategically builds a team to take with him where he's got two from each people group. Now, I never saw that before, but Paul, Paul has them two by two from different ethnicities, and he has this team. I think Paul had a mind in, in the Roman Empire, as you know. It was very much like today, where it was it was very mixed. The ethnicities from all over the known world, from the Roman Empire, were being imported, were traveling in for business. It's 
very much like today. And Paul had, I would say, God-given wisdom to understand that, look, I have to be strategic in my church planning to reach these people and to start. And, and here's the key. He recruited people for his team from these various groups. And that's something that, that we need to do because one of the, one of the major uh, problems right now in talking about ethnic church plants is we are, we have an oversight. Yes, we want to reach Hispanic speaking. Yes, we want to reach, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe Nigerians or yes, we want to reach, you know, I could go through like so many different people coming, uh, to America, Russians, um, you know, but if you're talking about reaching, you know, if you're really talking about the kingdom of God, then you want to talk about a blended congregation. You want to talk about breaking those barriers right away. So I think it's it's going a step backwards to say, for example, we're going to be a Hispanic church plant that will just reach Hispanic people. You can go into a Hispanic community, but see, what, what I'm saying is if you go into an area that's predominantly Hispanic and it's pretty much all Hispanic-speaking people, no problem, but very few areas are like that nowadays. And, and, and so what Paul does is he picks a team that's going to reflect the area he's going into. So we can be guilty today of going in to a neighborhood and not reflecting that community. So I always reference, um, Refuge Long Beach. When we went into Long Beach, we found out what the ethnic makeup of that community was. And we constantly use that, at least I did, as a measuring stick to say, what does my congregation look like? Does my congregation reflect the ethnic makeup of this neighborhood? And if it doesn't, then I am an ethnic ghetto. And a ghetto, by the way, means a deadwater. You can be a white ethnic uh, deadwater uh, of, you know, or, or a ghetto. It's a ghetto mentality where I'm closed off from other ethnicities and you know everybody from my ethnicity when you come into my group we we all speak the same we all look the same and so one of the things that that we were always trying to challenge ourselves in was to not just be a white parachute drop church in long beach does that make sense it does it does because uh do you, do you need to take that call? <laughs> I don't, and I actually have it on silent. I but know. I, wait, that was really that was was the right loudest vibration speaker. ever, Sorry man. It. It's normally not right there. No, it does make sense, especially in Long Beach, because Long Beach is such a very ethnically diverse uh, city. I mean, literally, it's got everything. There's a Cambodian section. Huge um, Cambodian, yeah. Yeah. But even in the Cambodian section, there there's um, still just about every other race you can think of. I mean, it's in very much like New York or even uh, San Francisco where there's just the variety of, of ethnicity. And so um, I think it would be kind of a mistake to go into Long Beach, especially in the inner city Long Beach as a white church, because there's a ton of white churches in Long Beach. I know I used to go to them. I used to live in Long yeah. Beach. And I went to the white churches. Um, I didn't think of them as white churches, but I mean, they were. 
Well, in in the other the other problem is there's a couple of problems. So, for example, I was talking to my buddy. He was on the podcast on Hardcore, and I was talking to um, my buddy Sam uh, Sam Dula. He's with Boulevard Training, which is urban church planning, and he he ended up, you know, he was telling me that that when he goes to a church, it is not all black. He sometimes gets heat from the black community because they're like, "Why why are you going to any?" And he says, "Look, I'm from Atlanta." You know, Atlanta is, is, you know, that is a city that, that probably has more African American population than, than anywhere else. But what he said is he said, look, I'm not, I'm not for segregation of any type. I want to celebrate our, our, our culture. Sure. But, you know, the gospel causes us to mix. And he goes, and, and so here's the thing is, is often, um, there can be a move towards people of the same migrating together. And so this is a problem that naturally each people group kind of wants to be with their own kind. And yet in the, in the early church, you have this thread about blending all the way through. You've got this thread about mixing. You've got Ephesians where it talks about the middle wall partition separating Jew and Gentile was blown away by Christ. Uh, you've got Paul and Galatians saying there is no Greek, Jew, uh, male, female, slave, or free. These barriers, they're, they're art of it. There are tribes, tongues, nations. Those distinctions exist and they should be celebrated but they should not divide and they should not be barriers. We should come together uh, under Christ. It's the kingdom, right? The, the, the idea of a kingdom is that a kingdom conquers everything in its path, conquers every people group, that culture bows to the gospel, that your identity becomes Jesus. Your identity becomes a child of God. And so I've got guys just not even on an, on an ethnic level. But guys, if it weren't for Jesus, I would never, ever hang out with these guys in a million years because we had nothing in common. And yet because of Christ, we're best friends. So for example, I got a buddy. Um, he, uh, he was a whiz kid. You know, he was in my youth group. He was going off on missions at like 14, 15, um, graduated college at 16, like university, got his bachelor's at 16. Um, Got his master's, I think, by the time we were 19, something like that. Like I was just entering as a freshman in college, and he was graduating with a master's degree. And he went off to to work for a big corporation. He's kind of a, a big mucky muck because um, he's just known as a mega brain in in the computer industry. And this guy, you know, I'll say this: he's like my best friend, but he's a total nerd, and he knows it. And you know, I was like Mister Cool. You know, I didn't, I didn't. In fact, the first time uh, I, I ever went to his house, his dad was a woodworker, and I picked up a power drill and started drilling a hole in his tree in his front yard. His parents pulled up in the drive right then. I was just waving like, hi. But, you know, the uh, <laughs> I think his parents were like, who's this kid with hair down to his butt? Looks like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, bunch of earrings, you know, wearing PJ bottoms. Who in the heck is this kid? And uh, But if it weren't for Jesus, and we knew it at the time, we'd say it. Uh, you know, it, it, we would never, ever come together. And Christ does that, right? He breaks down all of those partitions and barriers um, because the, the races, the, 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 I'm not supposed to use that word, but the, the, the ethnic tribes, those are awesome, man. Like those are beautiful. 
And, but we should come together. What a witness to the world. We come together, you know, when, when the world's constantly trying to separate us and we see the injustices of law enforcement and, you know, fuels thrown on the fire saying that we're divided and Christians come together, Christians speak into that stuff. It's powerful, man. That's what Martin Luther King Jr. did. That dude was powerful because he spoke about the gospel and the effect it should have. I think that it's really interesting um, when you think about race and how we uh, perceive and interact uh, with other races, when especially when it's people we don't know. Other ethnicities, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> ethnicities. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I see where you're going. I corrected you. Yeah, but <laughs> it, I, and I think about this a lot because of all of the the ethnic issues that have been coming up. Did you like that? Did you like, did you I, like I that? saw what you did there. Okay. Um, and and I do believe in certain parts of the country things are significantly worse than in other parts of the country. Uh, I mean, we've talked about that on this podcast before. You know, I've read some uh, uh, articles about some certain areas of, of Texas that I just, man, I, like in your case, I wouldn't want my daughter to go there because she's mm. going to get pulled over by the cops. They're going to take all of her money and there's literally nothing she can do about it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there are certain parts of the country. And I, I was talking to um, my best friend from college. He was uh, my, my best man at my wedding and he is, he is black. I mean, he is so black that, um, he he's told me on many occasions that he, he gets made fun of by black people, right? Cause he is so black. I mean, he is dark, dark yeah. black. And, um, and we were talking, this is maybe a month or so ago. And I go, man, you know, what have you run into as far as races concerned, you know, race issues, um, racism, not ethnicism. Sorry, Peyton, I got to use the racism <laughs> word. And, uh, and I mean, he was very honest. He goes, you know, uh, he goes, I haven't run into it a lot in California. And I think in California where we see racism more is towards um, anyone from Mexico or Central America, South America. Like we see that race issue more in California, but it's not to say that, that there is no, um, you know, issue with, with uh, uh, between blacks and whites and, and, and that, right. I'm not, I'm not in any way, saying that but there are other parts of the country where you know it it shows up differently like you mentioned in the uk um uh the polish like that's a big race issue right yeah it's huge it it is the equivalent of the tension between anglo and uh hispanic where they're like hey they're taking our jobs all the all the gripes that you know uh racist white people make about the hispanic you know population it's the same thing that in and this is like white on white hatred right it's right. it's it's but it's again a different ethnicity and a different people people group and so it's the same exact kind of thing but and i think about this not like if i go to an area and i'm in an area where i don't like it's not my hometown right or it could be my hometown, whatever. It doesn't even matter. But if I'm a, I'm not with a bunch of friends and I see a bunch of people standing around, I know my first instinct is not to go over to where all the the black people are hanging out and go hang out with them. Like, 
that's not my first instinct. Yeah. And it's, and I find that and I think about that and I'm like, wow, this is kind of amazing. Like, and by the same token, if a black person were to walk into that same room, their first instinct wouldn't be, let me go hang out over here where all the white people are hanging out, you know? Yeah. Like that's not their first instinct. And I find that really fascinating because <clears throat> we've all got these, you know, preconceived deep rooted feelings and it doesn't even mean like we have a hatred or hey i don't like black people i don't like white it's not even that we just have like you know it's because there's not the mixing that needs to happen like there's not the the you know rubbing up against each other enough and you know heaven's not going to be like that no no like when we get to heaven it is not going to be like oh well that's not my click right my click is over here that's not going to be the deal And it's also not abolished, which is kind of cool. Because what people don't realize is there's so much race or ethnicity issues in the Bible. Like, so, for example, when you've got um, the Gospels are just filled with it, right? Um, The road to Jericho or the Samaritan is is the hero. Um, The the first issue coming out in Acts, you know, in Jerusalem, where it's the tension between the Hellenists and the Jews, you know, You've got all these issues and then you've got, you know, Peter needing three times to have a vision from heaven telling him to mix with people of other ethnicities. And it's like, this is a big deal in the scripture. And then the circumcision group following Paul around because he's taking Yahweh and particularly Christ to the Gentiles and the circumcision group were Christians. They were, and, and, you know, you would argue theologically, they weren't, you know, they were cultists, but they, they, they were, they professed Jesus, but through, uh, the portal of the, the Levitical, uh, law. So, you know, it, it's really interesting. You, you find in, in their major deal was they were like, no, you can't do this. You know, you can't bring the Gentiles into this. And so this is something that's been there. Paul was radical and he mixed it up. I mean, we don't realize how many issues of ethnicity are there. But what I love is how Paul strategically um, orchestrates his team. Now, in order to build a team like that, you have to reach those people. So I get the idea of saying, hey, we're going to do a Hispanic church plant. We're going to do a a Cambodian church plant. I get that. But understand this, guys, because of the issues of first generation, second and third generation Mm. uh, citizens, it's short-lived. So in other words, it may be the method you use to go frontline and to make contact with these people. But here's the, here's the problem. A first generation, the definition of that, a first generation person means they're born. So let's say like someone comes to America and they're first generation Japanese. Um, first generation Japanese moves to America and um, he was born and raised in Japan. So when he moves here, um, his culture is Japanese, right? His way of life is Japanese. He goes home, he takes his shoes off before he enters. Um, he kneels at a little table, right? He doesn't sit in a chair. Like his ways, his customs are Japanese and he is a foreigner living in a foreign land. So if you want to reach that guy, you do it in the Japanese language. Kind of like how Paul says, I became all things to all men, right? Mm. To reach some. Now, wh- what that means, Paul didn't just choose. Paul was, you know, he he was strategic. And so we have to be strategic. So 
if we're going to reach people um, of the first generation, then obviously it becomes a monoethnic church plant. But if we want to reach that guy's kids, it needs to be a multi-ethnic church plant mm. because he has multi-ethnic culture. So now his son, if his son is born in Japan, but raised in America, he's uh, one and a half generation, right? Where he's kind of that in between. But second generation means that he's born here, right? And then his kids will be third generation. So he's born and raised in America. His kid, he's more American. He feels more American than he does Japanese. He'll say, I'm Japanese, and that is his descent. But the only culture that he's known growing up has been, this is why they call him third culture, is at home he's Japanese. Outside of the home, he's completely American. And as he relates to society, he does not relate as a Japanese person. He relates to society as an American Japanese person. Interesting. And and it's different. So so he speaks English out in society. Now he might have a subculture of Japanese. Um, but often what happens with that culture is they don't want to go to a now someone out there who's, you know, Japanese might say, Oh no, I totally disagree. And that's true. Uh, because I have I have mentored a Japanese church planter who brought up some some very interesting issues. So he was part, and, and so what I'm saying is this isn't all across the board. Um, he might have, his kid might grow up, and he might say, I want to plant in a Japanese uh, language church. But here's the dilemma. The dilemma is first-generation Japanese church brings all of the, the, the um, peer pressure, of Japanese culture. So for example, there is a, um, you know, you wear a suit and a tie to church and things are done very much in order. And, you know, there's very much respect shown and, and people bow. And so that becomes, uh, very much a, a Japanese way of doing things. But all of the ways that things were done back in Japan, that's what you have. And so if you're in Long Beach, California, your Japanese speaking church is like going across the ocean and being in Japan. For the younger generation, he might say, well, I want to, I want to reach people like me. But he might say, you know what? Um, we take for granted that, for example, like hymns are being sung, you know, um, you know, uh, it, things are done very traditionally. So what you're doing is you're actually importing the tradition of that culture into a church plant. And so the guy is feeling very much like you would from a 1950s uh, pew sitting, suit wearing, old King James reading, uh, you know, that kind of past the giant gold offering played around. He's feeling that same tension and he's seeing people from one and a half generation or second generation saying, I want to reach them with the best of Japanese culture in their first language spoken at home, but I want to do it with modern skin on. And this, this becomes a major dilemma. But the other dilemma he has is he lives in a multi-ethnic world. And all of a sudden now he's, he's facing the problem that I also work with colleagues who are not Japanese and I would love to bring them to this church. And so then there's all these different dynamics. And so 
what what I think is going to be the sustainable model. So in other words, a first-generation church plant, a, a purely uh, you know, mono-ethnic church plant will be successful at reaching the guy that we talked about, the first-generation guy. But there needs to be another approach if we're going to sustain that church beyond. In other words, if it's going to, if it's going to begin to reflect the community and the city that it's in, then you, what needs to probably happen is someone outside of that church plants out or people team up. This is what I love about, um, church planning right now is I can go to a church planning meeting in a city and I can meet people from different ethnicities at this church planner meeting. And I think that until we get to the point where we go to those meetings and we look around and say, guys, what would it look like if we planted together? You know, what would it look like if we brought the best from our cultures and we planted together? We were strategic like Paul was and we began to reflect the city. What would a church look like if church planters from every ethnicity in this city came together? What would happen? And so, again, you have this problem. When you have a, a big move of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, the after effect was, uh, you know, ethnic tension because there were all these people, the feast of the first fruits, they had people from all over the world at their doorstep for the Passover. And suddenly there were ethnic tensions and they had to address them. But interestingly, most of those that became, including Stephen, uh, most of those who, who became deacons, their first deacons, the disciples strategically picked them all to be Hellenists because they wanted to make sure that the Hellenists were effectively looked after in their mix. It was a multi-ethnic congregation. I don't one understand things, what a Hellenist is, man. You can't just drop that one on me. Oh, sorry. So a Hellenist is a person of Jewish descent who was raised in the Gentile world, like in Turkey or in... Um, you know, Antioch or Asia Minor or Macedonia, and they've made the pilgrimage to Jerusalem, right? So that that's what a Hellenist was. A Hellenist was someone who, what we just described about the second generation Japanese, it was somebody, a Hellenist was somebody who they had a whole different culture and yet their faith was Jewish. And, but they had been raised in the Gentile world and had Gentile customs and Gentile language and uh, and so they come to Jerusalem. So all of these things, you know, they would have learned in the synagogue, uh, you know, uh, the Jewish faith. Paul was a Hellenist, by the way. Um, he says, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, but he was really someone who was raised in a um, in an enclave of Judaism in Tarsus. And they actually, in many ways, were more jealous for their culture and radically protected it and very zealously defended their Judaism, even though they were raised in this other part. And that's why uh, Paul says, I was zealous for the traditions of my father because he lived in a, in a dangerous position where it was, it was always, uh, threatened by being swallowed whole where he lived geographically. So, um, so it, this, you have to understand for Paul to have this approach, this was an about face for him because Paul was constantly striving to become as Jewish as possible because of what he was constantly up against, uh, before he, he, he became a Christian. And then on when Jesus appears to him, interestingly, uh, Jesus tells him from day one, as he appears to him on the road to Damascus, hey, Paul, you're going to be used to go to the Gentiles. Imagine having that conversion experience and mission statement 
on the same day. That's huge, especially for someone like Paul. Right. He, he didn't get the three dreams that Peter got after years of hanging out with Jesus. He got the encounter with Jesus, smacked upside the head, and then, boom, by the way, I'm going to rip you inside out. <laughs> and uh, you're going to be eating bacon one day, big boy. So, But, uh, but anyways, all that to say, um, these, these tensions were there. And God strategically and the disciples strategically recruited their leaders. And guys, I would say when you're church planning, do that. Um, you know, start talking to people, um, from, you know, the, the congregations in your city, uh, the Samoan church in Long Beach, the Cambodian church in Long Beach, the start going to those places and talking. And that's something looking back. I wish I had done. I wish I had gone to those churches and said, Hey, I want to reflect this city, but even more so I want to reflect the kingdom. Will you guys come with us? And can we make this church plant from day one? Uh, a, a strategic a leadership team as what Paul picked in Acts 20, verse 4. I dig it, man. I do. I think I really awesome. got going there, didn't I, Pete? Well, you know, <laughs> we went a little long on Smack Talk, so it's all right. All right, all right. So, hey, guys, I hope I made you think today, and uh, I hope that we've we've kind of opened it up today so that you're you're like, wow, man, I never thought about that before. You know, pray about it and uh, and and think about it. Um, you know, I, I hope one day that our churches, that churches are the number one spot in America where you come and you see the kingdom of God. You see a glimpse of heaven. You see a glimpse of what John saw with every tongue, tribe, and nation. And those cultures are celebrated within the church, just like they will be in heaven. So, hey, guys, this has been the Church Planner Podcast, reminding you if you want to reach the ones that nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Calm down, Italy, 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 Italy. They did their best, shoddily, Italy, Italy, Italy. Gotta be nice, hostility, Italy, Italy, Italy. Oh, hell, did I think dog crap? Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church